It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, well, it is uh, kind of a noteworthy and uh, newsmaking day as far as uh, ECU football and ECU athletics uh, goes. We've got a lot to get to here in the program today, so I hope you'll uh, stay uh, with us throughout uh, much of, if not the entire hour. Patrick Johnson uh, here with you, Philip the Rep Pilkington is uh, in the hizzle uh, today as uh, well. Pilk, how are you? I'm great, Patrick. Good to be on. Uh, hope you're doing well, too. Look at you. You you kind of look with the beard and the uh, the shirt. You look a little bit like a uh, man that uh, would be out uh, chopping wood. A mountain man, in a sense. You know, Patrick, everybody's got to have a side gig. You know, maybe... Maybe that's my. Maybe I'm actually a lumberjack, and I do this for luxury lumberjack. cash. I couldn't on the side. think of the words. Yeah, I make words, and I couldn't think of that one. Yeah. All right. Um, Little do you know, I actually went to Stephen F. Austin, baby. I'm a lumberjack. Ah, there you go. Okay, so uh, we have a bunch of comments from John Gilbert today. We'll get to all of those. Our final Houston huddle of the season is Mike Houston will be with us. Uh, don't know if this will be the last interview with Mike. I'd like to do kind of an expanded one-on-one with him here in this show. Uh, but obviously for the next several weeks, it's going to be very, very busy. So we'll see. Uh, maybe something we do near the end of the year. Uh, but uh, I, I kind of like that, uh, uh, you know, kind of un, unfettered, uh, constant stream of questions that I can ask that, you know, may not be able to in other venues. Uh, and, and I think Mike would be willing to do that. But we'll see. That might be a little bit later on. And, and they've got some things they've got to hash out quite obviously first. All right. Let's uh Start with uh, some news that is uh, broken this afternoon. Breaking. This just in. Breaking news. This is a special report on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Here's Patrick Johnson. Okay, so, uh, Pilk, the big news today is uh, ECU quarterback uh, Mason Garcia going on uh, IG and uh, posting today that he will enter the transfer portal. Uh, He is a former four-star recruit, and uh, he will play his final two years of eligibility somewhere else. I guess there is a chance he may come back, but um, it seems like that uh, the move to the portal sort of indicates that. It it has been a star-crossed time, to say the least, with Garcia. Pilk, I don't think this news is altogether uh, shocking in any way. I mean, I think we kind of expected it. Yeah, I think that uh, we kind of saw this coming when, you know, he didn't finish out the season as a starter, especially, and then we also heard that he wanted to stay at the quarterback position. I just don't think there was a future here in Greenville with him as a quarterback. Maybe if Mike Houston said, hey, you want to move to tight end, and he was more willing to that, I could have seen him staying in that more likely than staying on the roster as a quarterback. I do think he could have a future if he can kind of get a fresh start, regain some confidence, and go somewhere else. So I really do wish him all the best. You know, This is not one of those goodbye and good riddance situations. This is uh, best of uh, luck to you, and we're rooting for you, and uh, we thank for him for his time here in the Pirate Nation. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely the uh, the deal. And, 
you know, look, uh, Garcia, four-star recruit, uh, apparently has looked good in practice the last few weeks, but, I mean, that's kind of been the M.O. He looks good in practice. He looks good in the spring game. Uh, it just never translated over to the game. Um, eight games, three starts this past season, uh, and uh, he will he will play somewhere else. The question will be where will he uh, where will he uh, end up? Didn't play in the last four games of the season. Fifty and a half percent completion percentage, which is not really great. Four hundred eight yards, a touchdown, two picks. He ran for two hundred twenty seven. Uh, yards and also had a couple of rushing touchdowns this year. It just never seemed like, you know, he played the majority of the Charlotte game. That was the last game, if I recall correctly, Pilk, that he played a good majority of. And it was painful that day to watch the offense uh, just be able to go absolutely nowhere. And uh, it was uh, finally Flynn who came in, and I think in maybe one pass, two or at least one drive, something like that, Flynn had surpassed the ECU offense in total that day. Not Garcia, but the whole offense. So it just, I don't know, it just never felt right this year. Uh, I think that there was a reason we never saw him surplant Holt Aylers or even get meaningful snaps in games uh, with Aylers, especially last year. And, and I think there was just real concern that he – it just didn't click for him when he got uh, under the lights of a game. And uh, it's unfortunate by all accounts, Mason Garcia is a great, uh, great young man. And, um, you know, I think has come from a situation where it was a little hard scrabble uh, in his family life. He has had some mentors, uh, friends of mine, in fact, that have uh, kind of taken him under their wings since he got here. Uh, and, and Mason has grown uh, as a man and uh, as a person uh, uh, and, and really flourished in a lot of ways because of this mentorship. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think, I think you can only wish him anything but the best. Let's also face the facts. He had receivers that for the majority of the year did not do a really good job. Now he, he wasn't the most accurate guy with his passes. Uh, the offensive line for whatever reason, struggled to block when he was in there more than maybe with Flynn. I don't know why, but uh, the offensive line was lousy. The receivers were not uh, great. And and for much of the time he was playing, there was not really any semblance of a consistent running game. So uh, just seem everything was disjointed when he was in there on offense. And there, I just can't recall a time, you know, there was one of maybe – drive where he had a short field and rushed it in one of the games. But I, I just can't recall even this season, like what I would call a really, uh, you know, a, a deal where he ran down or let it, let it drive down the field. And you thought, okay, there it is. That's, that's what we're looking for. There may have been, I just right now that I, I can't recall that off the top of my head. So, you know, tough deal. I, maybe this is the best for everybody involved. I hate that Mason's leaving in the the manner in which he is because, trust me, there was nobody rooting for him more than than me and I think a lot of people in Pirate Nation to to be a kid that, you know, even if he didn't live up to the four-star billing, at least uh, was out there and proved to be a competent, talented quarterback. Uh, Pilk, anything you want to throw in on that or add on that? No, I just think you kind of hit the nail on the head. You know, just there was not much 
fluidity within the offense, really, when he, either guy was in. But, you know, it was just unfortunate. I think a lot of it had to do with the lack of confidence from Mason. I thought the first drive of the season against Michigan, he actually didn't look bad. Yeah, I think it was the second or third drive that he threw a pick, and the first play on the ensuing possession – he had somebody in the flats and just spiked it in the dirt. Kid was wide open, and it was like he was flustered after that first interception. And to be honest with you, Patrick, I never saw that confidence in him again. And the mind is a powerful thing. I think he's a talented quarterback. I think he can use these two years of eligibility to go have success somewhere, but he's going to have to clear his head. And it seemed like no matter what situation he was put in, good, bad, ugly, he just didn't have the, the mental capacity, and it's not something that I don't think he can – I think he can get there. So I'm not saying he doesn't have the mental capacity, but he just beat himself up too much, and it was just he wasn't really able to rebound back from it. Well, here's what we were always hearing is that um, he looked, you know, like a like a pro in, uh, in, in practice. And he – I thought the couple times I saw him in spring games – I didn't really see him this year because it was a deluge. But, um, you know, the couple of years ago, and every time you would see him in that kind of setting, uh, he would look like, you know, a guy that was coming along and you could see the ability. He To me, he had a couple times in the spring game you would see him. He had the ability to fit the ball in windows that, you know, really good quarterbacks can. He's got a tremendous arm. He's got tremendous athleticism, but uh, I just it never translated over when the uh, lights hit and it became game time. So uh, the big news of the day as far as Pirate football goes uh, in the player department is Mason Garcia hitting the transfer portal. Okay, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to uh, get to our Pirate report and uh, much of what John Gilbert had to say today. Uh, as we can, our Houston huddle as well later on in the program. So it is a uh, fully stacked, fully loaded Patrick Johnson show for you today. Stay tuned. Uh, a recap of uh, some of the highlights of John Gilbert's State of the Pirate Athletic Department uh, address when we come back. Are you sick and tired of living with that constant pain? Taking the rage out of your drive home. You just cut me off. But it's no big deal. Patrick Johnson on 94.3 The Game and the new IBX Media app. We've got uh, Pirate Basketball coming your way on Thursday as ECU will host UNCW 7 o'clock tip, 6.30 airtime on the ECU Sports Network, and that includes uh, here on 94.3 The Game beginning with a pregame show at 6.30. We'll also have uh, for you uh, a Patrick Johnson show that day. I'll be here for... uh, part or the majority of it um and uh we'll uh we'll kind of lay that out for you as we get a little closer to things uh in the uh, week tomorrow i want to try to uh, dedicate some time to what's going on in charlotte with the panthers so uh we'll do some of that thursday conceivably with zoke uh and also kind of have him put a post-mortem on the uh pirate football season but uh uh zoke well we don't put zoke in any bad positions we like zoke so we we don't want to put him in a situation where he may get in trouble with uh the tepper guy who uh seems to be uh have a hair trigger now so we'll um we'll, we'll maybe see if our guy t-bone will come on tomorrow with us uh pilk and uh, see if we can work that out um but we got a lot to get to right now including uh today's pirate report 
And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, so uh, John Gilbert held his uh, State of Pirate Nation uh, or State of, of Athletics uh, press conference today. Was, what would you? I, I watched uh, this afternoon the uh, video of it. It was, what, 30, 35 minutes, something like that, Pilk? He went yeah, for the 30. media today. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it was a pretty lengthy press conference. Uh, we have uh, picked some of the things we think that uh, are of interest and are of uh, worth uh, mentioning on here. So uh, we'll, we'll go through that right now. Uh, here is John Gilbert uh, saying that uh, the season was not good, but he believes in Mike Houston. We have not met expectations uh, for uh, where this program uh, should be. Uh, and, you know, it, it starts with uh, certainly me, Coach Houston, our student athletes hadn't met their expectations either. Uh, I, I feel, um, you know, just terrible uh, w- with how the season played out. And uh, I know that we can do better. Uh, I know that it's going to take a lot of hard work uh, fr- from everybody in this department. Uh, to, to get it turned around, and, and I do believe in Mike Houston. So, uh, you know, that seems to be the uh, statement that a lot of people wanted to uh, hear from uh, John Gilbert, the definitive, um, how would you say it, Pilk, kind of the definitive statement on uh, on things. Now, a lot of these people may not, like it because he basically said I'm back in Mike Houston and I believe he's the guy to be the head football coach here so um you know as I kind of look at it Pilk um I was talking to somebody about this today and you know I mean today John it was a 30-minute press conference he took questions from the media right yeah he did and the media, and we can say what we want about, you know, that it's a friendly local media or what. Uh, you know, there's a, there were some legitimate questions asked today, at least from what I can interpret and what I was able to hear. Right? I mean, there was there were some hard questions asked today. Yeah, I think so. And there, there were people that asked, you know, what exactly do you, are your expectations for next year? How quickly do you think this thing can right. be turned around? I mean, how so much I've NIL money do we need? Asked, I've I've asked I've made a living asking questions, right? You can ask the question, you can follow up to the question. You can't make somebody give you the answer to your question. And I think that sometimes is lost on not all the fans, but fans who who are uninitiated and pretty dumb. Um, again, and, I, and I'm not trying to make this about me. Although it's my favorite topic, as you know, Pilkington. But when you go back and look at, like, last night, we asked, I thought, fair questions. But it is an ECU vehicle. It is not Sports Illustrated. It is not uh, 60 Minutes. So they came on. We didn't ask them. They both came on, Mike and John did. And I thought we're candid. Um, and I, and I, I applaud John doing this today. You might not like the answers, but, you know, quit what you're doing. Come out of mama's basement. 
get a media job or start your own little podcast because by God, everybody has one and, um, go and ask questions. Uh, John Gilbert on, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and go to the NIL one. I mean, I get the fan base thing, but I, I think we'll come back to that if we need to, um, let, let's go to three pilk and on, uh, how much say he gets in the NIL. Cause he kind of explained some of this here on, on the NIL. So we'll go three and five and six in this upcoming uh, segment here because it all deals with NIL. So hit the first one, Pilk. Uh, John Gilbert, I don't know how much say he gets in NIL. NIL r- really runs through a you know third party, either the collective, and I, we're, we're very fortunate that we have the Boneyard Collective. They've been uh, you know extremely supportive of our student athletes, and then we also have individuals that help with that. And I think uh, from my chair, the biggest thing that I can do is to continue to, to advocate for NIL and how important those opportunities are. Because I've said a number of times, you know, we're only as good as the players we have. If you look at the best teams in the country right now, um, you know, you, you can argue they have the best coaches. I probably would argue on the other side that those teams have the best players. And, and uh, the, better, the better NIL that we have, the more opportunity we're ha- we're, we will have to attract players. And I think it's important, too, like if you, if you look at our roster, you, you know, the, the other thing that gives me a, a, a uh, sense of hope and confidence is – you know, I think we had like 10 to 12 seniors this year. We're a very young team. And, and um, you know, if we can hold on to, uh, you know, those young players that we need to hold on to and, and supplement through recruiting, uh, we have a chance to flip this pretty quickly, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's the reality of everything with NIL now. I mean, it's free agency. You can change your fortunes uh, fairly quickly, especially if you can be a, a player in that. And I'm glad he mentioned Team Boneyard. And I gave a Team Boneyard shout last night at the end of the show. I don't know if we got it in, but, I mean, teamboneyard.org is is where you ought to go if you really want this thing to get turned around. Um, if you want to throw a beer from the bleachers, there's a place you can go do that, and you and about eight of your friends can giggle at it. All right, uh, John Gilbert thought uh, on uh, thoughts on how much money we need. Was this your question, Pilk, or you you had some nil related questions today? Was this one of your questions? No, this mine was where... the, mine was the next one about how do you balance okay. donating to the All right. athletic department? Look at yeah. Pilk always overthinking. All right, uh, here is uh, John Gilbert with uh, how much money uh, the football program needs for nil. If you look at uh, where the NIL landscape is and you look at like our peers, um, and I'm not saying necessarily our peers in our league, I'm talking about our peers across the board, schools that look like us. Uh, I I think from a football perspective, you you know, I I think it's going to be a number, you know, 700,000 plus for football. and, and, you know, obviously we have players that you, you want to keep. Uh, you know, we have a, some, some really good young players that I think, you know, you give them one more year of experience, they're going to grow and develop 
uh, and then we need that, you know, funds like that to obviously go to the portal and, and uh, have meaningful, you know, discussions about our NIL opportunities here. And then uh, the PILT question, which is uh, balancing donating to the NIL and uh, to the university or to the Pirate Club, for example. I'm really pleased with where uh, our progress is on the indoor building. Uh, I, again, I've, I've stated that I think that project's going to be somewhere in the 22 to $25 million range. Um, and we're, you know, just a little north of $15 million right now. Uh, so we've got, let's call it, 8 to $10 million to go. Um, I, I feel good about where that is, and we've got some significant ask out uh, with donors to help complete that project. I think really if you look globally, it's probably the last big piece uh, from a facility standpoint that we need. I know we're also doing a baseball renovation, but I'm really talking about football. You know, from, from that point forward, you're focusing on renovations or upkeep. Uh, and so I think the indoor building is important, uh, but, but I go back to uh, we're only as good as the players that, that we have, and NIL is going to be really important in the type of roster we have next year. And, I, and I'm kind of glad he said that at the end. Look, I, um, I had someone explain to me today about why that building is, is kind of a, a big um, – deal and and this person was thinking let's go ahead and get the building built and then we could shift all of the money to nil i don't know if i necessarily agree with that um but i, I and i get what they were trying to say but uh you know the thing is this because of some title nine things that building is, is important um and i, I don't want to break anybody's confidence here who was telling me this but you know i i just wanted to convey to me, I don't think a, you got to have some guy. You got to have some dudes because you got to win games. And to me, the that will take care of itself if you win games because there'll be more motivated major donors or any kind of level donor to give to that practice facility. Um, but I, you know, we've said this on this show many times. People who are the the recruit now or the portal recruit now is not asking. Tell me about your facilities. I don't want to go play in a dump, but we have pretty de- well, have a very good athletic facility, a very good football facility. Is everything perfect? No, but I mean, it is, on the whole, the ECU athletic facilities are really, really, really good. So, you know, they want to know what your NIL situation is. I mean, we just can't shout this enough. Uh, there was one more NIL I saw here. Um about embracing an IL hit that pilk. I think it's cut nine on the roster. Uh, again, kind of a message of that has to be nobody likes it, but we, you've got to do it to be competitive in, in this day and age. How we get to sustain success. I, I do think we're going to have to embrace, you know, what the new model is and that it is going to change year to year. Um, you know, based on NIL and the portal. And I hate that because that's really not, um, you know, it's not the collegiate model that I grew up with. 
and, and uh, I've been in the business a long time, but if you really think about the model, we've changed in the last two years, probably more so than we've changed in the last 20. We probably should have played seven at the beginning of all of this NIL talk because uh, John, I guess, was asked to be specific on what needs to happen to turn the program around. And I have a feeling, Pilk, NIL is going to be part of the answer. Hit it. I feel like we have a good program here. Uh, I, I'm very proud of the program that we have at East Carolina. I, I'm very disappointed in our record this year and, and all that comes with you know, the, the record that we have. But I, I think about the culture in the locker room. You know, I see our student athletes, you know, pretty much every day. I interact with them in, in some form or manner. Uh, I mentioned this last <coughs> night on, on the radio station. You know, knock on wood, we, we, we haven't had behavior issues. Uh, you, you know, we haven't had any major academic casualties. I mean, when you, when you think about a program and the culture and, and all those things, I, I do feel like we're in a good place there. Um, I, obviously, if you look on the field, uh, I saw what, what everybody saw. Uh, we're pretty good defensively. Um, you know, we've done really well on special teams. We, we've got to, you know, make some changes offensively. Uh, to, to get our offense uh, more productive, uh, and, and I think we can do that. Uh, you know, if you go back, you know, two years and, and look at our offense uh, was pretty productive, and, you know, a lot of those pieces were, were student-athletes that Coach Houston and his staff brought in, um, you know, linemen, receivers, running backs, you know, th those were all student athletes that, that Coach Houston and his staff recruited. And, um, you know, I think we're going to have to make a major push to, you know, go out and, and attract those same type players. Pilk, is uh, for where uh, he was asked to give what his, uh, you know, what he would consider a, a, a progress next year? Is that how I'm to interpret? that because it seems like that was the question that was asked is that yeah it was just kind of like what's it the it was like what is the minimum that you would accept as a good season in a roundabout way that's what was yeah asked. i think that's that's kind of uh i don't know if i if i like how that was asked but i mean i wasn't there so all right um let's let's hear what that is i, I you know i think the real question there and, and again i you know i hope we have both mike and john on for an extended time in on this show i hope they'll do that when appropriate before the end of the year um, after some things have progressed. And, uh, you know, I, I think the thing to ask John is what would be considered progress. Um, this was what is the bare minimum. All right, let's, uh, let's hit this and uh, see what uh, the answer was to that as far as bare minimum expectations for the football program. I think to me on a very baseline level, we, we should play in a bowl game every year. Uh, and I think that is achievable and, and meaningful. Uh, and, I, and I do think we ought to compete for conference championships. You know, we're, we're in a position, if you, if you look at last year with the schools that were in our league and, and left, to the, left to go to the Big 12, th there was a huge financial gap. 
b between us and, and those top schools. Uh, you know, if you look at budget-wise now, th there's still a gap, but it's not quite near as far. So I, I do think we have all the things here uh, in place that we can win a conference championship here. And so my expectation is, at minimum, we should be playing in a bowl game every year and we should be competing for conference championships and be in that upper tier of our league. All right, let's uh, get to a couple of other things here. Uh, conference realignment, he alluded to it a little bit in that cut. This is uh, Gilbert talking about uh, conference realignment. I don't think uh, conference realignment will stop for a little while, uh, but I also look of you got to be successful where you are. Uh, like I was looking at the Big 12 standings uh, yesterday, and you look at the three schools that left us and, and, and where they are. And I, I think you've, you've got to figure out how to, to win where, where you are. And as you know, we, we're talking about the constant involvement, we're going to be in a 12-team playoff pretty soon. Um, I, I would argue the better we are in our league, there, there's probably going to be a better pathway for us in, in that 12-team playoff in the future. Um, but I do think conference realignment will continue to, to happen uh, for, for, for a little while. You know, and also I think throw BYU in there. Uh, they were five and seven this year. They've had a shakeup in their coaches. So, I mean, it is not uh, – if you win where you are, things tend to take care of themselves. Uh, last thing here, uh, and we really haven't talked a lot about this. This happened – was this the day after Thanksgiving, Pilk, this happened, or maybe the day before Thanksgiving, late in the afternoon? It was one of those kind of uh, NCAA news dumps. I think it was Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday after the show, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the Cam Hayes situation was ruled on. There were some others. Uh, of course, Cam Hayes transferring from uh, state and then U uh, LSU and then, um, you know, to East Carolina. So he's a two-time transfer. If you're Tez Walker, that's cool because the governor and the uh, guy who wants to be governor are going to are gonna go to bat for you. But if you go to NC State or East Carolina, you know, we're, you're not going to get that kind of support. Because uh, they don't root for those schools. So uh, here is uh, the response to the situation with Cam Hayes, who was uh, declared having to sit out for this year and uh, won't play until next basketball season. But we'll have two years after that. Hit it. There's been a lot of change in our uh, in our industry. Um, you, you know, you look at two-time waivers; they're difficult to to get, and then you see you know, some other schools that are getting them for a variety of reasons. And we all talk to one another. Like, it's not like, you know, if a, if a school, something happens at a school, it's not like we're not talking to them and know, you know, what they did or how they did it. And so obviously, um, you know, we're going to continue the process and, and uh, continue to advocate for CAM uh, in, in hopes that, um, they'll, they'll, you know, make a, a different decision. Uh, I think it's warranted. Um, and, and so we're going to continue to advocate on his behalf and, 
and uh, do whatever we can do on our end to help support him and, and make it, uh, you know, a different outcome. Okay, uh, there you go. Well, we're going to um, hit the uh, break here. Philip Pilkington with the 94.3 The Game Sports Update and his own Pirate Report, and uh, then we'll come back with our uh, Houston huddles. So stay with us. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash Update and Pirate Report. Reminder that women's basketball will be in action tomorrow at 11 a.m. as they host Hampton. So if you're off tomorrow, be sure to come out to that. Game times for the volleyball tournament have been announced. Winthrop and Georgia Southern will play at 2 p.m. when the Pirates will take on Citadel at 6 o'clock as part of the NIVC. Also, Pirate Angelus Outery has been named to first team All-AAC. Canes will be back in action tonight at 7.30 as they head to the city of brotherly love to take on the Flyers. Back to you, Patrick. Okay, Pilk, time now for our Houston huddle. It's brought to you by HealthWise Pharmacy. And uh, Coach uh, Houston is uh, asked uh, by Henry Hinton uh, out of the gates uh, uh, how he was feeling, his mood uh, given uh, the conclusion of the season and having some time to assess it. Uh, here we go. The sun came up Sunday morning, um, you know, and it's, you know, one thing nobody can ever accuse me of, you know, not. You know, I am who I am, and unfortunately, that means sometimes I wear my emotions on my sleeves, and uh, I was very disappointed in the loss Saturday night. You know, we just had too many of those close losses this year, and uh, that was the difference in our season. And, you know, so I've got to, I've got to get things fixed to where we're winning those games, and we're not having so many close ones. So uh, what's uh, what's going on now? I know you've, uh, you, you're making a change in um, offensive coordinator, uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick, who's been – with you a long time. I know that could not have yep. been an easy call for you or for Donnie, but uh, Donnie's no. six, 64 and can move on with to the next uh, phase of his life. And as I, I put a, t- a tweet out the other day, Donnie and his family have meant so much to ECU over the years that yep. we wish him the best. But it's been a tough year for no Donnie. Doubt. I mean, he's just uh, – the, the offense just didn't didn't do it this year. Right. You know, so I've, uh, it was not an easy decision just because, you know, mainly of the personal relationship and just, you know, we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of big wins together and, uh, but, you know, I've, I've got to do what's right for the program. And, um, you know, so right now I'm, uh, you know, I'm in the thick of, uh, talking to a lot of people and, uh, we've had tremendous interest for this position. And, uh, so kind of narrowing that list down and, uh, you know, finding the one that's the right one for East Carolina University. And that's that's what matters is getting this hire right. Um, we're also in the middle of, uh, you know, postseason, uh, you know, exit meetings with our players. And, uh, you know, we have a, a, a very young team. And so we got a lot of guys that are slated to return. So just trying to make sure that, you know, we're doing a great job with the ones that, uh, that, that, that fit us and, uh, retaining those, and then um, you know we're heavy in the in the middle of recruiting high school players. Uh, recruiting on the road opens up Friday, uh, so we're you know doing a great job with our commits. And then you know the transfer portal is it officially opens for everybody Monday, but it's been open for a lot of guys already. So you're evaluating guys there and recruiting there and recruiting junior colleges. So it's there's a lot going on right now. You need about five more hours in the day each day. <laughs> And you notice so many new dynamics with uh, uh, NIL, um, name, image, and likeness, players getting paid, uh, the transfer portal. I mean, these are things that uh, that coaches didn't deal with seven, eight, even five years ago, especially NIL, the, just the last yeah, two, two years. Two years, yeah. 
So, uh, and we've talked about NIL before and how important that is. I mean, I, I right. would assume that you're looking very, uh, very strongly at bringing in some players through the portal, uh, it, which means you're going to have to have um, a, a pretty good, healthy amount of money uh, in the NIL collective. Of course, you know, in full disclosure, we've, we're running the Team Boneyard thing from here, and uh, we've had some significant activity this week. And we have a goal that we're going to try to hit, and we're hoping that people will step up. But uh, talk about that a little bit, how important it's going to be to have money in the collective when you go to the portal. Well, it's, it's, it's important for not only the portal, but it's important for our current roster too. And, uh, you know, we put, we played a lot of freshmen this year and I'll be honest, you just don't see freshmen play much at the college level. I mean, rarely do you see it. And we played several, um, you know, so we got to do a great job with retaining our, our, our really good players. Uh, and we got to do a great job with filling in the needs that we have. And so, uh, NIL is a, is, is a part of that. And, uh, you know, all the other things at East Carolina are part of it too. But the thing is, you know, when, when you're competing against other teams in our league, uh, and, that 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 is a it, it is a very important piece of that and so it's it's so important for us to get um our collective uh in a in a situation where it's competitive uh and really appreciate the work that everyone's doing with team boneyard because i'll be honest if it wasn't for that group uh, you know we, it would be it would be really really tough um so thankful for that and uh you know that's I can't. I, I just can't impress how important this is to the future of our roster and our program. We're talking with Coach Mike Houston. It is our uh, final Houston huddles. We wrap up the uh, 2023 season. Coach uh, Patrick Johnson here. As far as the uh, OC search, uh, you obviously want to get the best fit. You want to get the best candidate. Right. Uh, Two part here. What is the preferred timetable and? Uh, what specifically might you be looking for out of uh, that post? Well, I think the timetable is, you know, obviously it's, it's got to be done pretty quickly. Um, I say that I also don't want to rush and hire the wrong person. So um, we'll see. I, I think by the time we get to the weekend, I'll have a very clear picture. Um, so it's, it's not going to be very long. Uh, it's just recruiting is too important. The portal opening up. Uh, this is this is too significant of a piece. So, um, have, I've, I've got a lot to do the next four days. Uh, but uh, you know, then what am I looking for? Uh, I'm looking for high energy. I'm looking for a, 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 just a, an infectious uh, person. Uh, I'm looking for someone that has uh, a, a background. Uh, I mean, the, our, our 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 league has some really good coaches that do a really good job with schemes. So it's got to be somebody that's been exposed uh, to the to the right uh, level as far as schemes and stuff. Um, and then I, I want to make sure we have somebody that has is very, very aggressive. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not interested. I said the other day, I'm not interested in ever going through this again. We're going to win next year. So I, I need an offensive coordinator that has that kind of mindset. And uh, we're going to get the right pieces for him. Uh, everybody I've been talking to, I've been talking about, you know, what our specific needs are, uh, but we are full throttle right now in uh, making sure that, uh, you know, this time next year we're getting ready for a bowl game. <clears throat> Coach Mike uh, Houston with us. Coach, how do you plan to uh, perhaps in the portal address the quarterbacking situation? And I would think 
Uh, as far as the offensive line goes, yes, you have some young guys that got uh, a lot of experience this year, but it seems like you can never have enough defensive and offensive linemen. So I'd imagine right. that uh, the JUCO ranks and the uh, portal would be uh, would be prime, as you say, buckets to uh, to right. look at filling as far as guys up front and, and quarterback options go. Well, we got we got a couple of really solid commits this past weekend uh, for our offensive line, so we're really excited about that. Um, we'll continue to be active uh, with that group. Um, we're going to be very aggressive uh, in in pursuing the right quarterback for our uh, program moving forward. And uh, you know, I, I, I like um, you know I, I like the the young guys, uh, but we need somebody that's older and you know the the right one. So we're going to be extremely aggressive. Coach Mike Houston with us uh, on our final Houston huddle of the year. And, uh, Coach, uh, how many quarterbacks do you think you'll try to bring in this year? Well, we have we have one committed right now, a high school player. Uh, really excited about him. Um, you know, we plan on have having four scholarship quarterbacks at minimum going into the fall, maybe five. But so, uh, you know, that's. I don't want to get too much more into that, but uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll fill everybody in later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that sounds good. And it sounds like uh, you know exactly what you're looking for with a new offensive coordinator. And uh, are you are you starting to interview people already? Yeah, I've done I've done a lot of Zooms, a lot of phone calls. Uh, I've got phone calls today. Um, we'll start some in person stuff uh, later in the week. Uh, like I said, I, I would I would hope by the weekend everything's clearing up pretty. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, Mike Houston with us this morning. And, uh, Coach, I, I know you've you've had a successful career. You've been uh, successful everywhere you've been. And then, uh, you, you know, uh, you had to rebuild the program here and uh, had a couple of good seasons. And then and then this year came along. I mean, what looking back on uh, kind of the way this season has gone, uh, give us kind of give us your thoughts on, on how this season went awry. That just, I did not do a good enough job of making sure we had the experience that we needed coming back on offense. You know, we lost, we had 11 guys that started for us last year on the offensive side of the ball, and none of them started for us this year. Uh, you know, 10 left, and one was uh, not the same player. Um, and, you know, we did not do a good enough job of making sure that we had experience uh, and firepower uh, to replace the experience and firepower that we lost last year. Um, and, you know, you, I can, we can sit here and talk about the reasons, and there's lots of different reasons, but at the end of the day, it falls on my shoulders, so there's no point in saying anything else other than that. Well said. You know, you and I both know this. If, if, if we have the offense we should have um, this year, uh, it's a completely different season. <clears throat> no doubt with the defense that you had. I think the defense I saw it rank, ended up ranked uh, 37th in the country at a top 40 defense, no doubt. I'm sorry, Patrick, go ahead. No, no problem. Uh, Coach, with that said, you know, what, what the uh, kind of interesting thing is when you go into next season, uh, you have some pretty good – or have a pretty good idea of, of what you have as far as contributors right. on offense because of some of the experience that was gained this year. It's, it's no in a way opposite of last se- uh, offseason. Right. I mean, that's, that, that's, that, is, that is a huge positive is – now all of a sudden, you know, it was it was painful playing a couple of freshmen on the offensive line this year, but you know, you look at the way they played late in the year, and now all of a sudden, hey, they're they're ready to play, and uh, you know, some of the some of the young players that played the skill positions on offense, 
um, you know, now all of a sudden you have you have guys that are experienced and they've shown what they can do, and you had a, a freshman wide receiver that early in the year struggled, late in the year thrived. Uh, you had a running back coming off of a major knee injury that you know was not himself early in the year, and I think we all saw he was himself the other night. So I just think that you've you're sitting in a little bit different situation right now than you were this time last year offensively. All coach, right, what would be got another one, Patrick? Go ahead. Yeah, just coach. Uh, we asked you to do this last night, and I ask you to do it again this morning for this uh, audience, and and that is just kind of you know the message to. Pirate Nation and the fan base going into the week, uh, going into the off season. Well, I think the biggest is thank you for your support. That's the biggest. Uh, we have a passionate fan base, and and they're passionate no matter what. And uh, so that's that. That's I'm thankful for that. That's one of the reasons I I wanted to be here. And uh, you know they're passionate when we're winning, and they're passionate when we're not. And uh, I want them to know that I am with them on the expectations and. Uh, I'm with them on what uh, East Carolina football should be, and we all we all are going to work together to make sure that it is what it is. Uh, it, it, that that we it, that our program is where it should be. Um, stay with us. Keep supporting our student athletes. Uh, be passionate. Uh, you know, moving forward, and uh, I look forward to you know talking more about uh, the 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 2024 team after we get through the uh, the winter. And uh, the next month and a half is very, very big for our program. But uh, I'm thankful to have the opportunity to be the head football coach here, and I'm, I'm accountable to uh, our student-athletes, our administration, and our fan base to make sure that we have the program that we all want. Coach, I know you're taking a lot of arrows right now, and uh, that's kind of normal in today's world with uh, college football and, and, and all uh, sports, really. When you're, the, you know, you're the hero when you win. You're the, you're the goat when you're not. But uh, I'll tell you this, um, having got to know you, I know you're a quality person. I know how passionate you are, and I know how driven you are. And, I, you know, I would say to the, uh, to, to the, to the arrow slingers, uh, you know, uh, get on board. There are doers, and there are talkers. And there's a lot of talkers right now saying, well, I'm not going to do this, or I'm not going to do that. And my response to that is I'm talking to a lot of people right now that, are doers that are going to help with the collective that are going to help uh, you rebuild the team and the program. And there's a lot of those people out there and I'm talking to a lot of them. And I would say to the non doers, get on board because uh, you know, we're going to fix this thing and we're going to, I think we got the right guy in charge to fix it. And uh, next year when uh, we're winning football games, those people will come around and they'll be sorry. They aren't on the train. That's my attitude about it. Well, the the big thing is, you know, when you go through uh, this fall and and you go through things from my chair, um, you find out a lot. I mean, it, it it painfully shows you a lot. And I just I just want to double down on how much I appreciate the loyal supporters of East Carolina football uh, because there's a batch of them, and uh, there's so many that uh, I am fortunate to have a relationship with, a positive relationship with, and. Uh, I just want to say thank you, and uh, and like I said, I'm accountable. Uh, so, and it's because of the commitment of those the people like that. It's because of that commitment that just continues to even push me to be more driven. So, uh, we're going to get this thing straight. I got a bunch of great kids coming back. We're going to add the right pieces. We're going to get the right leader for our offense. 
uh, and the Pirates will be ready to go in 2024. Coach, thank you for your time. Thank you for doing this all year long. Uh, happy Thanks holidays to you. I hope to see you soon. And uh, keep us posted on what we can do to help. No, Coach, I thank appreciate you. you guys. Appreciate yeah. all the support. Absolutely. You guys have a great holiday. All right, I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, uh, Houston Huddle brought to you by HealthWise Pharmacy. HealthWise is a full-service pharmacy serving all your retail prescriptions, medications, durable medical equipment, in-home infusions, as well as infusions in there. Infusion Suite, located at 615B South Memorial Drive in Greenville. Thanks to our staff today. Uh, great job, great hustle to get all the uh, John Gilbert audio prepared. They'll turn it around for basketball tomorrow, so we'll get a little primer before the uh, game. Plus, Travis Hancock, T-Bone, from Charlotte, on what's going on with the Panthers and Tepper. See you tomorrow. My wife was the first to notice I was losing my hair. I thought, I am way too young for this. At QC Kinetic.